Hey, Emily, I'm really glad you're not a Barbie doll. Why is that? Because if you were a Barbie doll, you wouldn't fit when I hugged you. Well, I'm glad you're not a Ken doll. Even though you're short, you're much taller than he is, and that's perfect for me. Perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Live from the mysterious mist-and-shrouded mountaintop headquarters of X and Y Communications, it's X and Y on the Fly with your hosts, Scott McKay and Emily Grillo. This is episode 10 already of X and Y on the Fly. I'm your host, Scott McKay. With me, as always, is the lovely and talented Emily Grillo. Hello, everyone. And this is going to be an incredible podcast, something that we talked about in the book, Deserve What You Want. And something probably pretty long overdue in terms of our discussion because it takes up so much of our conversation on a daily basis as we go through life coaching people on dating and relationships. The topic tonight is perfect imperfection, the whole concept of being perfectly imperfect. Emily, why do people always want to be a Ken or a Barbie doll in this life, it seems? Well, a lot of people put that pressure on us, especially the media. You know, we as women are raised either through the media or through our parents that, you know, big breasts is what all men want. Or the perfect, tall, six-foot woman, perfect, slender shape. You know, if that were the case, 99.9% of us would strike out. Well, that's true because 99.9% of y'all aren't Barbies. And actually, I don't think 99.9% of us are actually the Ken dolls to go along with the Barbies either. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) So what we have here is a bunch of people trying to be something that they just cannot. It's impossible. The body's not meant to do half of what they want us to do. So why do you think the media wants us to try to be who we're not? Dollars. It's all about the money. It's all about the almighty dollar. In other words, if I can get you to spend money on, well, you mentioned the large breast, breast implants, then you're going to have to spend money to to be who you're going to want to be. Exactly. And so the whole thing is just driven on making us spend our dollars, make us work harder, make us do everything that's counterproductive of what we really need to focus on. Well, you're talking about being counterproductive to what we really need to focus on, and I want to hear your thoughts on that. But you mentioned something about working really hard. You know, you're talking about how the media wants us to spend money, you know, in a capitalist culture – Anytime they can play on our emotions to say, hey, you know, you're not good enough. You need to do something else to be attractive or you're not going to do – you're not going to get anywhere with men or women, you know, from a dating perspective until you change this about yourself. I've noticed that everything the media tends to target about what we should change is something that is, A, expensive to change. B, or very time-consuming. Very time-consuming to change. And C, that you're likely to fail at and just have to spend more money. Oh, definitely. I think of weight loss. (laughs) What's the new thing? Hoodia. I mean, every day there's a weight loss plan du jour, jour, it seems. And do any of them work? Well, they have to work some, but people end up gaining the weight again, and what do they do? Go right back at it again. Spend more money. So you have, you know, the whole breast enhancement. Another thing with guys trying to be a Ken doll, you know, thinking that that's what women want, I'm sure is if they're going bald to try to do the hair replacement and 
the uh, hair club for men and take Propecia and Rogaine and everything on a monthly basis. You know, I've seen guys who give up on all that and just shave their heads. And the way I see it, when a guy shaves his head like that, he's just saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm going bald. It's okay. And I'm taking control. And women love that. A lot of women find that sexy. So here we are, a bunch of guys being told by commercials, and you get the classic commercial. The guy's lost his hair, and the woman makes fun of him or leaves him or just doesn't give him any attention at all. But after he goes to, you know, hair club for for men or and whatever it is. puts a rug up there. Puts a rug up there, gets the implants, whatever he does, women are just flocking to him. And this is the message that's sent to men by the media. Just like women are sent a message, hey, you've got to be thinner, you've got to be blonder. And I know, in my case, I'd much prefer a brunette to a blonde. And I'm not the only guy out there who feels that way. Women constantly have to change something about themselves or men just aren't going to find them attractive. And that nothing could be further from the truth. And how wonderful when you find someone who appreciates those little imperfections that you even do have. And, you know, who's to say it's, it's perfect or not, per, not perfect? Perfect or imperfect, as it were. Like, a lot of women want to be tall. And I know there are a lot of guys who, who really, really appreciate shorter women. And, you know, all guys are pretty much told from an early age, hey, you know, you've got to be tall or women won't like you. And my own personal experience is that has so little to do with it relative to what's in your personality and how a guy carries himself as a man. It's true. Confidence has everything to do with it. I know being little, I made the decision at that early point of my life that I was going to be proud of who I was and my height. So that went a long ways for me. And now that I'm all grown up, I'm still proud of my height, and everyone who's around me sees that. And I wouldn't want you any different. I think you're, you're terrific the way you are. You seem perfect for me. And that gets down to the concept of the whole thing of perfect imperfection. You know, I have a theory. Tell me about it. Let me tell you what I think. I think... That we as human beings, when we get right down to it, are attracted to people who are sort of like we are, who kind of even look a little like us. You see a lot of a lot of married couples who look like they could be almost brother and sister. Maybe not in every case, but it sure seems like when people are imperfect in some way, they find other people who match that and complement that. What do you think? That makes sense because we always want something that we can't have, so why not? find that in somebody else well are you saying the opposite or are you saying the same thing as me because i was saying we, we find people who are alike are you saying we find people who actually look different than we are I, I i think a lot of times we look for someone who looks different than we are so here i am saying we've got people here we are saying we've got people who want to find someone who looks the same and your observation is something completely different in other words if someone is really really tall like a guy and blonde he may be looking for a tinier brunette woman who's different than he is. Uh, certainly, I think so. I have brown eyes. I love blue eyes. I go to Kentucky. I'm the only brown-skinned person there. The guys love it. So we like something that's unique oftentimes, something different from us. So you're making your point. I'm making my point. We're seeing things two different ways, but it comes full circle because if you look at it, neither one of what we're talking about is the classic Barbie doll. It's not like everybody is going out there saying, I want a six-foot-tall woman with oversized breasts who is blonde and has hair down to her butt. In fact, I don't even find women like that attractive. 
if I get down to the most visceral level of who I am finding sexually attractive, who, who does it for me, it's never that kind of woman. And I'm sure that's a function of who I am. Right. And I've never worried about living up to that image because ultimately every man who's ever met a beautiful woman, once he's met her, it boils down to her personality in the end. If she's drop-dead gorgeous if with just a terrible attitude, he's gone the other oh, direction. Oh, how true is that? I mean, you have to get along. And, you know, it's funny. When you meet someone who is very, very attractive, it's amazing how when your personalities mesh and you find that you're perfect for each other, you just become absolute, absolutely stunningly beautiful to each other. Absolutely. How cool is that, right? Very. So... Let's talk for a second about the kind of things that a lot of us would consider to be the stereotypical beautiful things that we're supposed to attain. We talked about, you know, in women it's the chest, in guys it's the height and the hair, and um, in women it's also having a slim weight, in guys it's a, a, a very muscular physique. How true are all those stereotypes? Are there any others that we missed that we should address? How about the oh, muscular guy? There's tons of them that we haven't even addressed. Well, what about the muscular guy? A lot of men think we, us women want big, muscular men. A few women do. However, the majority of all my friends, including myself, are turned off by such things. If you are out of proportion, it's just not attractive. In any way? In any way. If you're just... just humongous muscles in your arms and your legs or your arms are big and your bottom half is small, if you're just totally out of proportion, out of the normal, it's not sexy to us. You're making up for something else. You're lacking in something. Interesting. You talked about how sexy confidence is. And what you're hitting upon is the fact that a guy who's in the gym all day trying to be really muscular is really covering up, a, covering up an insecurity about something else. You know, when women go get plastic surgery that screams to guys that they're insecure and you know men love secure women with a terrific self-esteem as much as a woman would depend on a guy to be confident in order to drive attraction in her part that's an interesting thought i hadn't really looked at it that way from us women oh it's so true bodies. oh yeah I mean, uh, you know, we were in California a couple of weeks ago, and we saw that one lady in Beverly Hills. Oh, God, the poor soul. She must have spent $100,000 on plastic Trying to make her lips surgery. big, her skin tight, and did the opposite. And, and she looked like Michael Jackson. She did. And, and the insecurity was written all over her face. She, she knew it. She had a hurt, she, It had been botched up, and she knew it, and it was just really sad. And, you know, you think for, you know, you, have, you can't help but think that here's a woman who went and got the plastic surgery at first and said, okay, well, it did some good, but it just didn't fulfill me. And kept going back until probably, probably it was an addiction. And I really think that if someone really ends up buying into this whole media frenzy of you've got to be different than who you are, otherwise you won't be attractive, I think it, be it can become an addiction and it ends up backfiring. It certainly can. Now, plastic surgery has its place in the field. Of course. You know, if you've you know had cancer and had one side removed, and to make yourself feel whole, that's what you need to do. That's one thing. But if sure. you already have a a very nice looking body, nice looking face, don't go and mess it up trying to make it better than what it already is. There's that show on the Discovery Channel about Doctor Nine O Two One O where they have the women who go in for the plastic surgery. Oh my goodness. Eight times out of ten. 
They don't need it. They don't need it. They look better before they get the plastic surgery done. Eight times out of ten on that show. It seems to me it's women who are almost the media representation of beautiful and probably are even more beautiful than the media representation already who have that insecurity to go try to change something. Right. And I read a pamphlet. It's If you ever have an opportunity to read what they have to write when you go into the doctor's office, is who's a candidate for breast surgery? Oh, it's marketing fluff. <laughs> you know, if this is going to make you feel better about yourself, this is your... Yeah, spend the five grand, do it. Yes. How sad, because it's not what's going to fulfill you. No, it won't. And um, what may fulfill your chest may fill your chest a little fuller, but it won't fulfill you. No. All right. So in a guy's case, you know, what's really funny is women talk about losing weight. I think it's a mistake for a guy to try to become too skinny because I talk to a lot of women who, who want guys with a little meat on them. It's and, attractive. And you know what? That's not necessarily muscular meat. I mean, you can kind of be a little chunkier and huskier as a guy, and it's not a problem for women. A lot of women seem to like that. Um, I know I've let myself get a little heavier than I'd like to be, and I was thinking it would affect my dating even before I met you, and it didn't. If anything, women were more attracted to me when I weighed more, which was utterly confusing to me even after I knew a little bit about this whole media-driven concept of, of who you should be and what you should look like. Even after realizing that and internalizing some of that in terms of trying to fight it and, and be who I am and be comfortable with that, I found out, surprisingly, that it goes even further than I thought. And, you know, there's a lot of women who actually, I mean, a lot of women who um, are a little heavier, and the guys love them for that, too. I can think of, in my own case. Oh, one of your friends is just totally crazy for that. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, while, while that's relatively rare. I don't think it's so rare for a guy to look at a woman and say, wow, she just looks so sexy. And she could be, say, five foot three, 125. Just be a little curvy and have that nice soft look to her. And in this case, I've known, a, I've known in the past at least one woman who was like that, and I thought she was just fantastic. And then she went on a crash diet, and she ended up weighing 103. Oh, my. And she looked way too skinny. And she was strutting around like she was the thing. I've lost weight, now I'm the sexiest thing in the world. And that's because that's what the media was telling her. But she didn't look better. I completely lost attraction for her. Because I liked her curvy. And she was just too bony at 103 pounds. And I, I can't help but think people go through life with this mindset of what the media is telling them being the case that we're all going to be attracted to something just like what the media is telling us. And really, it couldn't be further from the truth in many cases. In other words, it's not just something that's innocuous. It really is a lie, isn't it? It certainly is. You said it earlier, it boils down to confidence. And I was thinking, as you were talking about that, some of the men that I had been attracted to, none of them met the stereotypical media type. Um, one of them was, what, 250 pounds, just a very large man I'd never thought I'd ever date. It really boils down to if you can overcome those things and be confident with who you are and just be outgoing and playful. Right. We love that. We'd rather that you be healthy and, you know, good-looking and all that, that's a plus. But if that is not you, don't let that get you down. You're talking about men being playful and, and – uh you hear the stereotype about the strong, silent type. Y'all hate that. That <laughs> bores the heck out of women. 
right? Oh, we want y'all to be playful. You want us to be exciting and have some adventure. I don't think you want us all to be daring, adventure, adventuresome stuntmen type, though. No. Not typically. Because that just, that puts too much pressure on you in terms of our safety and things like that. Right. Right. You want a man who makes you feel secure. You want a man who's masculine, obviously. And you want a man who's confident. The same big three things in a man that we always talk about. Right. And if you have those things, really, the looks will come in second place. It, you know, it's not one of the main focus, especially for women. I don't. We don't really focus so much on a man's looks as we do his personality and charm and charisma. Well, I think it's a mistake to assume that men are like women in that respect. I think men absolutely do key on a woman's looks. Men are very visual, and a woman has got to be physically attractive to a man. Now, that said, I think every man indeed has his own representation of what that is. Just because a woman hears that a man is attracted to a woman's looks is often translated by a woman, I think, as I need to go look like a Barbie doll because that's what all men want. Well, some men like larger chests, yes, but a lot of men like smaller chests. A lot of guys, you know, you hear the songs about, you know, I like big butts and I cannot lie. There's a lot of guys like that. There's a lot of guys who like, you know, a firmer posterior, bigger posterior on a woman than, than not. Um, longer hair, shorter hair. I love short, wispy hair. You know that. I prefer that to longer hair. I may be relatively rare, but that is who I am. Because I like what I like, should I go and change my own feelings about who I'm attracted to just to, to meet the media's representation so I feel comfortable about who I'm with? If I have someone who's the media's representation of arm candy, as you like to call her, the truth is I could be completely repulsed by her. That's right, because everyone's type is different. And I, I don't think this is something that we tell each other just to make each other feel better for not being a Ken or a Barbie doll. I really believe this because my type of woman, even from a visual perspective, is very different than that of the media. And I have a feeling that your representation of a guy who's, who's good for you is very different than what the media would tell you. Oh, yeah, certainly. In every way. And that's what I call perfect imperfection. Yeah. Now, moving on to another thought I was thinking about, another theory. I believe the majority of all public out there can be beautiful. You know, we go out and we're looking around and seeing the different people around us. And some of them, their hair is unkept. They probably haven't bathed in two days. And, you know, their shoes are just a mess and a hole in their pants. They look like a wreck. They're just not caring about themselves. You know, that's kind of pandemic in our culture, isn't it? People just kind of slumming around and not really caring much about their appearance and not really, really caring. Right. That's the opposite of the Ken and Barbie. I believe the majority of people have the ability to look beautiful without having to strive for the Ken and Barbie look. You know, make sure your clothes are kept up, that they're not wrinkled and that they're clean. Make sure that you're clean shaven if you don't have a beard, that you don't have that scruffy I don't care look on my face. Oh, you mean face. like I do right now, having worked on my internet site all day? <laughs> That's different. Okay. That's because I'm perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, make sure your clothes are kept appropriately. Make sure you're not living in the 1970s 
aired. <laughs> Where nobody was attractive, right? <laughs> Except Ashton Kutcher, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Try to keep your clothes within the keep it within this time frame. Yeah. You don't have to be like the latest in fashion. Just make yourself you don't appropriately. Don't have to spend a million dollars. Right. But you got to do the best with what you got. Right. Make sure your clothes match. You're not wearing green with some funky striped whatever. Yeah. Don't creep people out. I mean, being individualistic though. If you are a little bit individualistic, a lot of people really like that in another person. You know, how many times when I was a kid did I see the punk rocker with the cock-a-doodle-doo <laughs> flaming um, mohawk with the cute preppy girl? Mm-hmm. Now, that was probably because she wanted to upset her father. But still, even today, you kind of see that. I will maintain that people end up with people who are a lot like they are from yeah, a looks keep, perspective. Keep your individuality. Don't give that up. But at the same time, look your best and carry it with confidence. That's all there is to it. And you can pull anything off. So the takeaway from all this, just to bring it back full circle, is if you're listening to this podcast and you're finding that you have been brainwashed a little bit thinking that you should be attracted to something when deep down you know you're really attracted to someone else, go with that. And realize that what the media is trying to get you to do with your body and who you are is all based on the economy. It's all based on greed. Do you ever notice there's certain things that people can change about themselves and there's certain things that people can't change about themselves? When there's things that absolutely cannot be changed about yourself, the media doesn't really harp on people for that. That's right. Now, you can always buy a new solar flex machine. You can always buy more hoodie or whatever that stuff we were talking about was. And when that doesn't work, you can buy more fen-fen or the next thing that's going to... Give you, you know, the heart attack. Give you a heart attack and make you keel over. Get more plastic surgery. But there's things that you just can't change about yourself. And if you take a good hard look at what people are told they need to change, it's always something that potentially can be changed, but not without a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort. So just to wrap all this up with a bow, why not do the best with what you've got, be the beautiful person you were created to be. Be proud of it. And Attract the person who's going to be the one who should be attracted to you and live happily ever after. Isn't that nice to be yourself and be loved for it? Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Once again, we want to thank all of you who have made us one of the most popular dating podcasts on planet Earth. We appreciate very much the fact that you listen in and we invite you to join us on our website, www.deservewhatyouwant.com, where you can sign up for our free newsletter that goes on with the topics that we talk about here on the podcast. And don't forget to sign on and sign up for the cookbook that we're going to be releasing before long. Oh, it's not just a cookbook, though. Oh, no. This is going to be how to cook for your date. Not just a cookbook, not just a dating book. We're going to cover every aspect of planning a perfect romantic evening together. From asking her out. Till what to do after dessert. It's all in there. A through Z. A through Z. And we still want your recipes for that, though, because there is going to be a huge section on it. The important thing is to have a recipe sent to us that is easy to cook, yet really impressive and tastes great. can be cooked in smaller portions. That's even better. But send those to us at info at xandycommunications.net, and we will make sure that we put a free copy of that book in your hands when it's released. Don't miss out. Sign up now. So until next time, I'm Scott McKay. And I'm Emily Grillo. Be good.